I too want to express my appreciation for everyone that's gathered here and, and those that are joining us on Zoom. I will tell you this morning, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to be using uh, most of the scriptures that I read. Uh, I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. In our study this morning, it is my intent to identify three types of works that the Bible talks about. And by putting the scriptures in context, identify each one of them. They are the works of the law of Moses, the works of obedience, or the works of God, the works that accompany our salvation. Number one, the works of Mo Moses, the law of Moses. In Deuteronomy 26 and verse 15, the Bible says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the uh, voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Then through the remainder of the chapter, he goes into great detail of the horrors of the curses that would be upon them if they failed to keep the whole law. Now Moses is going to tell the children of Israel why it is important to keep the whole law. In Deuteronomy 6.25, he says, If you will keep the whole law, then it will be righteousness for us. If we are careful to observe all these commandments before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us. Moses said keeping the whole law and doing all the commandments of the Lord would equal righteousness for them. The problem was the people could not keep the whole, whole law. In, Je in Jeremiah 31, 32, God said, they broke my covenant. And this is what Paul was uh, describing and trying to get the people to understand in Galatians 2, verse 16. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Now notice what he says, for by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. To be justified by the law of Moses, it had to be kept perfectly. And because they were not able to do it, that's why there had to be a, a, some, something else, something that would redeem us. In Romans 3, in verse 19 through 20, Paul says, Now we know that whatsoever, whatever the law say, says, it says to those who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh shall be justified in his sight. Now notice what he says. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. All that the law of Moses could do was to identify sin. It could not forgive sin. And that's what Paul said in Romans 7, verse 7. I had not known sin, 
but by the law. For I had not known lust, except the law said thou shalt not covet. Paul identifies the works of the law of Moses, or the deeds of the law, as keeping the commandments, the ordinances, and the statutes of that law perfectly. And because no one was able to do that, he concluded in Romans 3, 28, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Now this brings us to our second point, which identifies a different kind of work, a work that will justify us and make us righteous. And that's the works of obedience, the works of God. In Romans, the third chapter, Paul said that the righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Just, he says we are free, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Redemption is only in Christ. And to get into Christ, we are baptized. Paul said we are baptized into Christ. Romans 6 in verse 3. Now then, notice what Paul says in dropping on down into 21st verse. He says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Now they had been under a law that you couldn't be justified by. You couldn't be made righteous. But now he says, this righteousness, the thing that will make us righteous, it is being revealed now. You know, people have always wanted to know, what can I do to be saved? What can I do to inherit eternal life? This question was asked Jesus in John 6, verse 28 through 29. The Bible says, and the, uh, they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he sent. Now Jesus said faith was a work. If faith is a work, then repentance, confession, and baptism are all works as well. All these works are the works of God, our obedience of faith in Jesus Christ. In Matthew 7, verse 21, Jesus says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Father in heaven. Jesus thought obedience was important. A lot of people today do not. But in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, in verse number eight, the Bible says, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. You know, Jesus' obedience to the Father made him perfect. And being made perfect in God's eyes, in turn, that allowed Jesus to be the author of eternal salvation and to declare us all people righteous that would obey him. We talk about obedience, the work of God. And he said, 
that, uh, to believe in him who he sent. That is the work of God. Now, if there is no faith in what God has said, there will be no action taken. And there will be no obedience. In Acts, the second chapter, the Apostle Peter identifies obedience as repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. This obedience of faith in Christ Jesus is what will declare us righteous. For that is uh, when we come in contact with the blood of Jesus, the cleansing blood of Jesus. You know, Jesus told his apostles to go into all the world and preach, to every, uh, preach the gospel to every creature. He, he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. You know, Jesus and the apostles uh, thought that this work was important. And the apostle Paul outlines uh, the, the things that's going to save us. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, beginning with verse number 1, Paul said, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The gospel is identified as the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In Romans 6, verse 17 and 18, Paul says, But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became the slaves of righteousness. When are we set free from sin? The apostle Paul says when we obey the gospel. When we obey that form of doctrine, that doctrine of the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Many will ask, how do you obey that? Well, in Romans 6, verse 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul answers that. He says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. This obedience, the works of God, this obedience of faith in Jesus Christ is very important. The Apostle Paul tells us that the Lord's coming again. And he says he's going to come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel. We have an account in Matthew, the third chapter, beginning with verse number 14. Jesus came to John to be baptized. And the Bible says, and John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized of you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. 
You know, the Bible says the Pharisees rejected the counsel uh, of God against themselves, not being baptized uh, to John's baptism. You know, today we're commanded to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And if we reject God's counsel, there can be no justification that we can never be declared righteous. Jesus left this example, and he said it was to complete or to fulfill all righteousness. You know, the formula for salvation has always been the same. Those are people that will tell you faith is all that you need. But the Apostle James said if that's the case, then the devils would be saved. Because he says the devils believe and tremble. But we know that that is not possible because hell was designed for the devil and his angels. That formula for salvation has always been the same. We have to hear God. We have to believe what God has said. And we have to obey what God has said and complete or fulfill all righteousness. Then, and only then, God saves us. Salvation only follows uh, obedience. I want to give you some examples. The Bible says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Abel heard what God said he wanted sacrificed. He believed what God sacrificed and he obeyed God and offered that sacrifice that was pleasing to God. And when he did that, it, he obtained witness that he was righteous. Abel was not declared righteous until he obeyed God. The Bible also says, by faith Noah prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Thus Noah did according to all God commanded him. Noah heard what God said. God told him, he said, you can build an ark because I'm going to destroy the earth. Noah believed what God said and Noah, uh, and Noah built the, uh, obeyed God and built the ark. And by doing that, Noah and his family were saved from the flood. Now, Noah could not have been saved or his family until he obeyed God and built that ark. These examples show that faith motivates obedience. Doing the works of God, their faith in Christ Jesus produces action. In Galatians 5, verse 6, Paul says, For in Christ... Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything, but faith working through love. You know, we have identified the works of God as faith in Jesus Christ. And that produces obedience. That hearing, that believing, and doing what God has said. This is the work of God. 
These are the works that will justify us. These are the works that will declare us righteous. Now, our last point is to identify the works that accompany salvation. In Hebrews 6, verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, and of resurrection from the dead and eternal life and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. You know, once we have believed and obeyed the gospel, and we understand these basic principles of Christianity, the writer says that we need to start growing in Christ. We need to move on. We need to start growing in Christ. And I believe the concept introduced among other things, is to get busy and don't become stagnant. I believe the Bible gives us direction which will help us uh, grow in Christ, our growth in Christ. And then it introduces us to yet another work, uh, the works that accompany salvation. In Hebrews 6, verse 9 through 12, the writer says, But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you, Yes, things that accompany salvation, though we speak uh, in this manner. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. One of the things the writer of Hebrews identified as the work that accompanies salvation is ministering to the saints. In Titus 3 verse 8, Paul said, This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable for men. Paul told Titus these works are needful. They're good. They help people. And that's why it is, is most important because that's what God is pleased with. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, Paul says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In Titus 2 verse 14, Paul said, Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous of good works, or eager to do good works. Then Paul concludes in Galatians 6 verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. The ultimate reason for these uh, works that accompany salvation, which are, are too numerous for us to uh, talk about this morning, we read of uh, a lady named Dorcas and how people 
talked about all the good works and alms deeds that she had done while she was alive. They were helpful to people. Jesus said in uh, Matthew 5 or 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Then the Apostle James talks about faith. And he said, faith without works is dead. In James 2, verse number 14, and we'll read through 26. He says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone uh, says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you do not, do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons, demons believe and tremble. But do, do you not want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his person, and he was called the friend of God? You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works? when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You know, James uses the example of Abraham when he offered up Isaac and said that faith, his faith was working together with his works. And by uh, works, that faith was perfected. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, as we talk about the works that accompany salvation, I do not want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. Do not be confused. I'm not saying that these works is what will save us. For we've already talked about that. What's going to save us is the obedience, the works of God, the obedience of faith in Jesus Christ, and his precious blood, obeying the gospel and the blood of Christ is what will save us. But I am saying that without these, doing the works that accompany our salvation, we will not be saved. For these works show our faith and our love. The Bible says that we will be judged by these works, whether we do them or not. In James 4 verse 17 James said, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. We know that sin separates us from God. Jesus says, the words that I have spoken is the words that will judge you in the last day. And he says, if, if you die in your sins, he says, where I am, you can't come. I call your attention to Matthew 25 beginning with verse number 34. And the Bible says, Then the king shall say unto those on his right hand, 
Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Dropping on down to verse 41. Then he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, you did not take me in. Naked, and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. You know, that word visit, when it talks about that, it's talking about taking care of people's needs. That's talking about those works that accompany our salvation. And he says we're going to be judged by those. Paul says in Romans 2, verse 5 through 8, that God will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good but to those that are self-seeking, indignation, and wrath. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12, 14, For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. And the Apostle John in Revelation 20, verse 12, in the book of li- which is the book of life, And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The works that accompany salvation are simply defined by James. In James 1, 27, he said, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless, uh, the, uh, visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and keep oneself unspotted from the world. This is what God intends for us to do is to take care of each other, take care of people's needs. And he says that is pure religion and it's undefiled before God whenever we take care of these things. You know, this morning we have talked about three different kinds of works. However, this world, the religious world today, and that is of faith only. There's confusion about uh, what the works and what part they play in our salvation. Some says you can't do anything. All you have to do is to believe. But we know that is inconsistent because Jesus said faith was a work. But anyway, they say that we can't do anything to earn salvation. And then they quote Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, They read this over and over, and then they misapply this scripture. This scripture is not talking about baptism. It's not talking about the works that accompany salvation. 
This scripture is talking about boasting in the works of the law of Moses. In Paul's discourse to the Ephesians, he was referring to this, the law of Moses, and not the works, these other works that we talked about. And he was talking about boasting in that work or in that law of Moses. Paul was trying to get them to understand that salvation was faith, was uh, by obedience of faith in Christ Jesus, and not by the works of law, of the law. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5, Paul says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. Thus he concluded, for for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now by way of explanation of what the boasting in the works of the law of Moses that Paul was talking about, I want to give you an example in Scripture. We look at uh, Luke 18, beginning with verse number 18. And the Bible says, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and mother. And he said, All these things I have kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing, sell all that thou hast and distribute to the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come, follow me. You know, this is what this young man was doing. He was boasting in the law of Moses. He said, all these things I have kept from my youth up. In uh, Matthew's account of this event, it says that Jesus said, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that thou hast. And this is what uh, was, it was referring back to. To keep the law of Moses... And it, for it to be righteousness to them, it had to be kept perfectly. And Jesus pointed out to him, you've kept all these others, but you have not kept it perfectly because you still lack one. And the Bible says that if, uh, if we try to be justified by the works of the law and offend in one area, that we're guilty of the whole law. But anyway, this young man was trying to tell Jesus, I've kept all these things. What do I like yet? He understood that there was something lacking in his life. He just didn't know what it was. In Romans 3, in verse number 20 through 28, Paul says, therefore... By the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. But he says we are just, uh, justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then he asks the question, where is boasting? He says it's, it's excluded. 
He said, by what law? Of works? He says, no, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. We hear people uh, say every day that you can't do anything to earn salvation. And truer words were never spoken. But to take that to mean that you don't have to do anything to be saved is absurd. Jesus said those that would enter into the kingdom of heaven would be those that did the will of the Father. But truer words are never spoken. We cannot earn salvation. We can never be good enough. We can never not sin. We can never keep God's law perfectly. But Jesus did that for us. The price that was paid for our salvation was freely given. And only those who would accept the conditions placed on, the, on this free gift but would be the ones saved. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Do we have to do anything? Absolutely. We have to do the works of God. The works of obedience, faith in Jesus Christ. Doing the will of God, which includes the works that accompany salvation. We have identified the works that the Bible talks about as the works of the law of Moses by which no one can be declared righteous. We got the, the works of obedience, of faith in Jesus Christ by which we can be justified and declared righteous. And then we have the works that accompany our salvation. These works show our faith and our love and we will be judged by by them whether we do them or not. The scripture instructs us in righteousness that we may be complete, thoroughly equipped to every good work. They teach us to be zealous or to be eager to do good works and not to withhold good when it's within our power to do so. The scriptures encourage us to be ready to every good work, willing to uh, give, willing to share. And the Bible tells us with these sacrifices, God is well pleased. So the Apostle Paul concludes, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. We are commanded to be careful to maintain good works, and by doing so that we let our light shine before men. And when we do that and they see our good works, God is glorified. This is our study for the morning. I want to talk a little bit about our problems. You know, amid the turmoils and stuff that we face every day of our lives, we need to be thinking that there is a refuge for us. There is refuge in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. If we are in Christ, nothing else matters. My question to you this morning, are you in Christ? 
Have you been obedient to the gospel and been baptized for the remission of sins? If you have not, we plead with you to uh, do that this morning and lay hold on eternal life. Jesus knows our troubles. The apostle Peter says, we're to cast, uh, has cast in all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You know, often we need to talk to God. Our God answers prayer. He answers the prayer of his saints. You know, if life and sin are, is weighing you down, you have an opportunity this morning to take care of that, to make the adjustments that's needed. We stand really willing and ready to help anyone. If you want to be obedient to the gospel, or if you need the prayer for some reason. If you have a spiritual need, we ask you to stand uh, as we sing the song and come to the front and sit on the front pew.